Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. All right. Taking my hair down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like hot. Hot. I don't know what's happening here. Okay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Welcome Quarantine back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were starting. <laughs> okay, for real though. Okay, no, we can start here. <laughs> okay, perfect. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> yes, thank you for joining us for another episode of Hello Universe. Uh, this is Kylie and Eva here, and um, yeah, this is actually our second take of this intro because the first one <laughs> we were we were a little bit out of it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was gonna be too much work for Eva to edit, so we're starting over. <laughs> we're starting over, yeah. <laughs> and you, dear listeners, benefit. Yes. Um, Eva, how are you, my dear? I am well. Okay, I'm I'm good because I had a restful weekend, but I'm also terribly uh, out of it because I'm first day of my period, and first day of my period, I'm always just kind of achy and grumpy and uh, mentally not all here. So that's how I am now. But I'm very thankful to come off of a a weekend where Adam and I, we got to escape, we got to get out of the house, we live in the desert where there's just lots and lots of open land and space. And so just feeling so much gratitude for this privilege. Um, We went camping. He has this like really awesome tent that he puts in the back of his truck. And yeah, just to be outside and be in nature was incredibly rejuvenating. To not have to do work, to just put everything on pause. We were were just like, this is going to be a self-care weekend, which I think we both really needed. And it was really, really helpful. So in that front, I'm feeling really nice. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. What about you, Kylie? Um, Yeah, I, uh, I'm also doing well. Uh, Very grateful. You know, it's like a roller coaster. Like I do really well. And then I have moments of like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, My, I will say it is spring here in New England and, um, birds are just like unreal they're just singing and it's Mm -hmm. so beautiful and I guess maybe because people aren't out and about I just feel like they feel extra loud and Mm -hmm. bright and um I'm just feeling really grateful for that so um yeah isn't that I think find that strange like it's it's strange in a good way the birds and nature have been a reminder to me of how normal or how like the world is just turning still, mm. like things in our world are a little bit upside down, but I tend to find solace in knowing that like, the, like nature still goes on, like the world yeah. is still going on. Like we're just kind of like a little tiny blip yeah. and that's, that's, I'm okay with that. But like in the grand scheme of things, like there's still some type of working order <laughs> that brings me yeah. peace. Yeah. And, and I'm, I, and in particular that the working order right now is so, so rooted in uh, no pun intended, like hope and renewal and it's getting warmer and the days are getting longer and, and, you know, again, where we live. Um, and I'm, that is really a huge comfort. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, speaking of beautiful, we have a beautiful giveaway to celebrate. (laughs) Oh yes. We're so excited about this. We've been, Kylie and I have been, well, we were excited to create the giveaway and we've been really excited to give away these prizes to one lucky uh, one lucky listener. So 
um, yeah, why don't you announce the winner, Kylie? Yeah. So, and, and thank you to everybody for all the support. This, you know, has been a new adventure of ours. Uh, and it, I just am so, we're both so touched by everyone's support, the reviews, the shares you give for the episodes, et cetera, et cetera. Like really, really, really grateful. Yeah. Um, and, uh, congratulations to Erica Adams. Yeah. Hi, Erica. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm just going to read. We just, we did a random number generator, but I'm going to pick Erica. I'm just going to read Erica's beautiful review. Um, she wrote, can I join? Sometimes you listen to a podcast and are just wowed at the level the people speak to that seems far above your own level. Listening to Hello Universe, I wanted to join in. I wanted to talk to the people in my life I've clicked with like Eva and Kylie have. Thank you for the reminder that I can deep dive in. The invitation is always there. Thank you uh, so much, Erica. So yeah, we will be a, in touch. Yeah, it's uh, a beautiful review. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to add that, um, you know, before starting this podcast, I didn't really understand really the point of, of subscriptions and reviews. I didn't really understand like the, the business of it, but it really does help get the word out to new audiences, especially for little tiny podcasts like ours. Um, so if you like the podcast, please continue to share with other people and subscribe and rate and review because um, it's like the best way to just organically grow. So thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We also wanted to announce, okay, so we actually have two prizes. So um, that first prize, we're going to be giving out a free 90 minute mindset coaching session with me, Eva, a 60 minute session with Kylie, and then a bunch of our free books. And we had a second prize. Um, this person was helping us you know, tagging friends on Instagram to share the episode with new, new listeners and friends. And so the winner of the second prize wins two of our favorite books and also a really awesome, beautiful um, Oracle card deck. And the winner is, the Instagram handle is hcatinwonderland. So thank you so much. You'll be hearing from us and we'll um, send you those books in the Oracle card. Woohoo! Yeah. All right. So what before we introduce our guest, Kylie, what about, what's going on with you in terms of... Uh, work? Is there anything that you want to share or promote right now? Yeah. So, um, I, um, I just, just am loving, loving, loving doing intuitive work and doing Akashic Records readings. I've been going on Facebook live a lot to do, um, Oracle card readings just live. Cause it's been fun. And, um, and I have been, um, in all honesty, just showing up for my business in a way that I hadn't for a long time. And so it turns out guys, when you show up, for your business, people hire you when you get to do the thing you love doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been getting to do a lot more readings, uh, like uh, a lot more readings for people lately. And I'm, it's just, just always such an honor. So um, if you are interested, if you're curious, if you're wondering what the heck the Akashic Records are, <laughs> uh, the, the long story short is just that it is a way of tapping into essentially your soul's wisdom. Um, and we'll do an episode where I'll dig in a little bit more on it. But um, suffice to say, uh, it's a really, really beautiful way to get messages. And um, actually, just today, someone messaged me and said, hey, so if I get a reading, is that kind of like, does that open up you to receive more messages? Because I had all these crazy things happen to me today after I got my reading. And the answer is yes, oh, that's awesome. um, because it really strengthens your own connection to your own soul and your own kind of intuitive gifts. So um, anyway, I can feel myself like I'm about to just keep talking. So I'll rein it back in, but I will <laughs> say I've just been so honored by the chance to do so many readings lately. And if you are interested 
um, if it speaks to you, I would love to read uh, the records for you. So you can book a session at my website, akashicgrace.org. Yeah, and I just have to say, actually, I, I totally forgot about this, but Adam, my partner, got a reading from Kylie because he yeah. saw that you were doing the $20, the $20 special. And I told him, I was like, he should jump on that. And so he did, and he got his reading this morning, and he said that he was really lovely and very affirming. And I think he was, um, he was like, it was totally worth it. He was like all about it. So <laughs> that, I'm that so special, glad. I'm so happy that he got to jump on that special when it was there. And I know that's not happening anymore. So, but uh, all the more reason, I think, to find Kylie and do, you know, uh, do the, was it like an hour long session normally? Yeah. So the sessions, so I was doing the, I was doing these like snippets, these like mini readings for people. Um, and I phased those out only because they're lovely, but there, I was, it was this kind of weird energy for me to like pop in and out mm -hmm. of the records for people. Yeah. Like there's yeah. something about them that asks you to like show, like pull up a chair, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, the sessions are the session is an hour long, 50 minutes of which is in the records. And then there's always a little like chit chat and ask questions on either side. Cool. So awesome. Um, yeah, that's great. great. I'm so glad that Adam uh, liked his read. Yeah. Well, I might want to talk to you about it more off, off the show. So we'll, okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay. Um, and for me, Eva, I am promoting uh, my four week one-on-one -on -one meditation program. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything new I want to say about it. I mean, I think what I want to emphasize about this program is that it is for people who want to create a meditation practice, but it's also for people who already have a meditation practice. It's for people who might consider themselves experienced meditators, but want to sort of take it to the next level and also want to take a deeper dive into, I think, their consciousness and their spiritual practices. I think it could be like an up-leveling of your spiritual practices, I guess you could say. Um, and also, uh, outside of working on the meditation practice, it's also a, a huge focus on mindset because I believe that mindset is really the catalyst for all change. Like any emotion that you're struggling with, whether it's loneliness or anxiety or fear or overwhelm, if you have a goal that you're trying to, uh, achieve, but you feel stuck, or if you have a habit or behavior you want to change, it all really comes from what you're thinking and what you're believing, mostly what you're thinking unconsciously. And so part of the work that we do is about pulling that out um, together. And there's a ton of one-on-one -on -one support. You have me in your back pocket, essentially, because you have me on Voxer, which is this walkie-talkie app. You can ask me your questions, which help you, I think, do a lot of the work because a lot of the work happens outside of our four coaching sessions. Um, so I'm offering a $100 discount right now and, um, I offer free 45 minute consults. So if you're interested in working with me, um, and just learning more about the program and, you know, seeing if we're a good fit and how I can help you, you can sign up for a free call. And all that information is on my website at evaliao.com or you can find it on my Instagram account. Yay. Awesome. Great. All right. So now without further ado, we will introduce today's guest. Um, this episode was so much fun to record, you guys. Yeah, Nick is super fun. I feel like he fit like right in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had like a little, I don't know, just like a little gang here. It was, it was seamless and energetic and I really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm sure that you guys will too. Um, uh, Nick Demos uh, is, wait, can I actually pause for a second? Should we like talk about what's great about the show and then read his bio? Or should we read his bio and then, do you know mm. what I mean? I always have pause here and I'm like, which comes first? I think we should actually read the bio first. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. So, um, 
Nick Demos is a Tony Award-winning producer, a filmmaker, and a writer. He has been teaching yoga, pranayama, breath work. I'm sorry. I'm trying to see. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Nick Demos is our guest today, and he has done so many things. He is a Tony Award-winning producer. He's a filmmaker. He's a writer. He uh, has been teaching yoga, pranayama, breath work, meditation, and creativity for over a decade, and he coaches. Uh, soul centered, soul centered entrepreneurs in business strategies and how to show up and tell their own stories in their own business. Um, and is a delightful human being. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and I actually know Nick because I took one of his courses, which you'll hear, we'll talk about in the episode. And it just was really, really a huge help, um, for me, um, uh, professionally and also just a fun experience. Um, and so I knew he'd be a good fit for, for our show and he was nice enough to come on and share, his energy yeah. and his wisdom and yeah I mean right at the top of the show I kind of got coached a little bit I feel like because I was struggling with my morning routine and he kind of just like told me yeah I mean you'll hear it but he just told me exactly what I needed to hear which I thought was so helpful and I just I love anyone I can talk to who's running a business but who's doing it with also some spiritual perspective where you know they're it's like very heart-centered um which I think is really what his whole journey has been about. Like, so he was, you know, a Tony award-winning producer, which is like huge, but, but continue to evolve and find and like look for different things. That I think really felt like spoke to his soul. And now he's doing this really cool work of working with other entrepreneurs and coaches. And that really inspired me too. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely someone who is like committed to personal evolution in a way that I think you can't help but feel Kind of fired up about and inspired yeah. by yeah. yeah all right well yeah we hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did um we think you will and here you go <laughs> okay <laughs> welcome everybody hello eva hello nick damos welcome to hello universe hello universe is it a little bit like uh are you there god it's me margaret that's what i thought of <laughs> when i first heard hello universe and i thought it was brilliant um, my seven-year-old self could not be happier with that reference. Um, I think yes. there is a little bit of that feeling. I think Kylie and I literally, we just wrote down a bunch of titles on a piece of paper and we were like, which one do we like the best? But since then I have been like, it's more like a question, like, hello universe, are you, are you listening to this? I'd have thought that from time to time. <laughs> well, regardless, I think it is a brilliant title. So thank, thank you. you. You're welcome back anytime if you keep complimenting us like that. <laughs> <laughs> The interview hasn't even started and I'm already invited back. <laughs> already <laughs> this is, winning. This is going so well. <laughs> um, so Nick, uh, we always start with the same question and we'd love to know from you, what is spirituality and how does it show up for you in your everyday life? What isn't spirituality? It shows up in every particle of everything, uh -huh. of my being and your being and everything between us. So. I guess the bigger question is what isn't? So there is a practice, uh, yogic practice of, of I, am, I am this, I am that. I yeah, am I've not. heard of that before, but I don't really know. Yeah, I am, and then I am not this, I am not that. So it's like going in and negating everything, netty netty, negation of everything. I am not that, I am not that, I am not that, I am not that, to find out who you are. And then I am this, I am that, that I am. So hum, hum, sa. Soham, sa, soham. There are two practices, but you can really practice them together. 
negating yeah. everything and believing and agreeing that you are everything. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, welcome to this podcast. I think you're like <laughs> the, the perfect <laughs> guest because that is... I think essentially one of the reasons Kylie and I started this show, because to us, everything does feel spiritual. And, but I don't know if that's necessarily true of how most people feel in their everyday lives, especially for people who I think are like, oh, I'm not, you know, especially people who equate spirituality to religion or being too woo woo and they don't feel like they're spiritual at all. I'm curious what you would say to those people. <laughs> okay, first of all, I really hate the term woo-woo. Like, mm -hmm. it, just, it just like bugs me. And that's my, that's my stuff that I got to work out, my S-H-I-T, obviously. <laughs> you, can, you can swear on this podcast. Okay, that's my <laughs> shit that I've got to look at because ultimately things only trigger you if, it, if, it, if, it, if you're having that, right? So when, when I hear the term woo-woo, I sometimes think that people are negating things that they can't see that they don't believe. And they're closing themselves off to a possibility. And I think that's actually what gets me riled up. I'm like, but you're missing so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're missing yeah. so much of what's yeah. possible in the universe. Yeah. Uh, speaking of hello universe. Uh, and then, you know, for those that get, that get boggled down in the dogma, um, I, I, I would say, again, open. And by open, surrender, allow, receive what's possible. I guess it's really the opposite, the coin and the opposite side of the same coin, really. You know, the, the answer to both is to surrender, to allow, to open yourself up to potentiality. What's, what's, what's available, what's there that we may not know yet. Science hasn't proven dot, dot, dot yet mm -hmm. uh, because nothing was proven until it was. It didn't mean that it didn't exist. Yeah. yeah. I I love what you're saying so much. And I am thinking about like this like, notion of open and surrender and receive. The thing that I thought of is like Zen beginner mind or tarot card and the fool card and like all these different ways of connect people that people connect to spirituality, uh, how this openness presents itself in different forms, but the same form over and over again. Um, or childlike mind, all of these things. So yeah. The beginner's mind, right? That yeah. If you can open, if you can start each day with the beginner's mindset, then you can open to the possibility of wonder and of what is possible for you. Oh, hold on one second. I have a quote because are you ready for this? Do you know what, <laughs> do you know what my Facebook live was today? All about. <laughs> do tell. <laughs> was, the title was, don't know where to begin start here with the beginner's mindset. So, uh, hello. Mm. Synchronicity. Synchronicity right here. Uh -huh. and, and there was a quote that I read on it from Barbara Shear, and it's, you can learn new things at any time in your life if you're willing to be a beginner. If you actually learn to, if you actually learn to like being a beginner, the whole world opens up to you. Mm. Oh my God, that's so... It, the, the, the second part of that is really important, liking to be a beginner, mm -hmm. <laughs> because I think it really requires us to drop our ego. Because um, I think myself included, a lot of people like to be experts or to have done something enough so that it doesn't have to feel like a struggle anymore. So it almost seems anti-intuitive, um, but I think, I mean, but you're absolutely right. I think to me, I, I equate being a beginner with just like surrendering 
And every time I get stuck, I have to remind myself to just like let go a little bit and chill out and surrender. And when I do that, I find myself way more open to receiving information or doing it in a different way. And it feels risky. It feels vulnerable. Mm, right? Right. And that's, that's, what is, yeah. that's what it is, is that we, we get this, this vulnerable sense because we all have that feeling of in some way, shape or form, and it takes many different forms for us, but of, of not feeling enough. I am not good enough. What I have to offer isn't enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not whatever it is, however it manifests, right? And mm-hmm. when you're a beginner, you don't feel like you are enough. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good point. So it's like puts a magnifying glass on this not enough anxiety that we all carry around in some capacity. I never really put that. I was thinking about it in terms of control and that like when you're, when you leave the beginner phase, you can give yourself the illusion of control because you think, you know, oh, I like, I know how to do X, Y, and Z. And so you can create this kind of false safety around control. But when you're a beginner, you're vulnerable because it's so abundantly clear that you're not fucking in control <laughs> of anything. <laughs> um, what's, but, what's that saying? I, what's that saying? You know, before enlightenment, walk to the well and get water. After enlightenment, walk to the well and get water. Like it's, it's constant, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, yes, as you, as you start something at the beginning, you're vulnerable. Yes, you learn as you practice something, as you do something over and over again, you gain mastery. So you feel like you have more control. But like you're mm-hmm. saying, at the end of the day, we don't have control of anything ultimately mm-hmm. other than our reaction to what happens to us. Yeah. Okay, so can I ask, um, do you have any tips on how to be a beginner, like how to start as a beginner? And I know that sounds like, like maybe that should be obvious, but sometimes I think, okay, I'm going I'm to throw out an example because this is where I'm stuck right now with all this COVID-19 stuff happening right now. Everyone's like, it's really important to have your um, structure and like your routines are really helpful. And I think that that can be true, but I have found, and I used to love my morning routine. It used to be a place where I felt like just, I, it was healing and inspiring, but now my morning routine feels really boring and oh. I don't want to, really, I kind of don't want to do it anymore. Oh, <laughs> we're there. We're at the, this is boring. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I'm like, this is boring. And I, and I almost feel like I'm doing it, if I'm being honest, from a yeah. transactional state. It doesn't even feel like I'm doing it because it used to. It used to bring me so much joy. And now yeah, it's like, am I doing it no, just because you're no longer experts. getting the high? Yes, 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 right? yes, yes. And so you're yeah. actually seeking the external validation of the high. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm like, yes, preach. Right. So <laughs> really right now is, is when you need to dig in and do it more and actually mm-hmm. commit to it. Because that, because on the other side of resistance is what? whatever it is that you're looking for, Correct. <laughs> the, ver- the very answer. The very answer for. that you're looking for. So consequently, by digging in and doing the practice, you're going to find the answer. And it's going to come from a real, organic, beautiful, honest place because mm. you've done that work and you didn't run from it to seek the next high. Yeah. So in this case, starting as a beginner means um, noticing the external validation that I'm seeking and then not being attached to that and just like letting whatever happens in the morning, like still do the routine, yeah, but not be attached to a certain outcome. Just being like, all right, whatever is supposed to happen, just let it happen. That's right. kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah. 
Thank you so much. Honestly, this is so helpful for me because I was just thinking about this today and I was like, I really think I needed someone to just, uh, um, give me that tough love. So thank you. That's yeah. Helpful. Well, you know, I, I call my practice a sadhana. That's a practice, um, in the tradition in which that I was, uh, taught in. I, uh, went to my, my teacher, my guru and was given a sadhana to, that you do for seven years or until the teacher tells you to change it. But it's all based on when the teacher says you can change it, not when you want to change it. And coming from a creative background, I wanted to change it every day. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I had to sit in my shit again. I'm using the word shit again. I had to sit <laughs> in my shit and really like uh, notice all these feelings that you're talking about and the emotions and, and all this and the boredom. At, at certain points, I was so bored with it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that's why it's called a practice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is already so great. Can you pause here and actually share a little bit of your origin story? Because I think you just referenced a number of things like <laughs> being a creative person, having a spiritual practice that was seven fucking years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, can we sort of rewind? Because I can feel even I get all excited about this like really deep philosophical stuff and then sometimes we forget like one time we had a guest on who casually dropped that she's polyamorous and we forgot to go back and like ask her about <laughs> oh that's something that people will be interested in so well yeah. I'm, I'm not polyamorous <laughs> <laughs> uh my background my 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 origin story so i started as a performer as a dancer when I was very, very young, my mom used to say that I would jump up on tables and recite nursery rhymes and tap dance before I even knew what tap dancing was. And we lived across the street from a dance school teacher and I desperately wanted to dance, but boys didn't dance in Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, one day that I used to just sit and watch the girls and one day the dance teacher said, well, why don't you get up Nick? Why don't you join us? And so I tap danced because that was okay. That was at least somewhat quote unquote manly in the 1980s in rural Montana. Uh, but I, but from there, I, by 16, I had my first professional job. By 19, I did my first national tour and moved to New York. Um, and then around 26, after about five, six more years, I was uh, doing the Radio City Christmas Spectacular with the Rockettes. Wow. My legs. Oh my God, that's amazing. And <laughs> I had this moment, I was, there's a Nutcracker ballet in, in the, um, the show with where it, where it's like, costume characters like bears and pandas and i was a russian bear and i did this russian jump leaping from what was a trampoline we had to jump on a trampoline do a <laughs> do a russian jump and land on the stage and i got really disoriented and i was looking it's a big grid and there's numbers on the floor and i was looking for the number and i was looking for the numbers and all of a sudden i started to have like a panic attack nervous breakdown and tears were rolling down my cheeks inside this oh. bear costume and this bear head <laughs> and i realized in that moment that this wasn't the life that i wanted and I knew that I had to make a change. So I uh, immediately started calling every theater I'd ever worked at and said, you know what? I want to direct and choreograph. I want more control of my life and what I'm doing. And one of the theaters said, whoa, speaking of, speak, speaking of synchronicity, said, we just lost our choreographer. Why don't you come choreograph the show? That was a month later. A month later, mm-hmm. I'm in Florida, and within one year, I would fully transitioned to director-choreographer. Wow. Three years later, I'm at a theater, another synchronistic moment, and they fired the artistic director of the theater while I was there. And 
<laughs> they said, uh, we want you to take over the theater for a year while we do a national search. Would you be interested? Like they were gonna search for some, a permanent replacement, yeah, right? right? And I was like, oh my gosh, I get to learn all this business stuff for free. I didn't go to, I didn't go to school. Like mm -hmm. I didn't go to business school. Hell yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I took it on. And at the end of that year, they came back and said, this is the most successful year we've had uh, in over a decade. We'd like you just to stay. And so I stayed for another uh, nine years uh, building the, the theater. Uh, like for instance, when I started the theater, there were six people on staff. When I ended, it was like 45. Wow. Uh, we built a new theater. We built costume shops and scene shop and a children's academy. So I really built that business. Um, but I got a little antsy and I decided I was going to take a month off and go to teacher training for yoga and go to teacher training. And I'm sitting there and give me the long version of, of the, this origin. Yes. We love the long version. <laughs> okay. I'm in, I'm in uh, a meditation a teacher training and I had this spark, this moment, this inspiration. And it was, Oh, you didn't need to take a month off you need to quit your job. Mm -hmm. And it took me a year to gain the courage really to do that. But I did and started a production company. Um, and that production company led me to doing shows on the West End and Broadway. And my Broadway debut as a producer was for a musical called Memphis. Uh, and we won the Tony two years oh, ago. Wow. Wow. So, That's amazing. And that then sent me on an even bigger journey because here it was, I, was not, I wasn't 40 yet. I had all these dreams of like getting to where I wanted to go by 40, mm -hmm. you know, that big yeah. number, yep. right? And I wasn't even there yet. And here I had gotten the big golden ring, the big thing, the big, you know, that, that thing that the, was so just the, the prize. The prize, yeah. yeah. What's really a bowling trophy, but it was a prize, right? <laughs> a shiny, extra shiny bowling extra trophy. Extra shiny bowling trophy. And I didn't know what I was going to do with the rest of my life, ultimately. And I began mm. a, a search that took some time, and that included going and spending time with the teacher and even living with them partly and um, really digging into uh, spiritual practices and honestly opening myself up in new and unique and interesting ways and expressing myself differently as an artist and a business person, um, starting my own business, an online business, as well as directing uh, film. I had never directed film before. It was scared the hell out of me. I decided I was gonna do it, so I, so I did and mm -hmm. am. Um, I have two, two documentaries that are in production now, um, wow. right, and writing a book. So, you know, I really opened myself up to what was next and what was possible. And honestly, this entrepreneur journey is um, the most, let me express that, the most creative thing I have ever done and have made in the cards. Mm. Oh, I love that. Wait, so was it, what do you, so what, what happened after you received that, Tony? Was it that you received it and you, you said you didn't know you wanted to do? Is it because you received it and realized that? Well, that's not it. Yeah, that wasn't it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and more than that, like there, there is this great picture of me from uh, a still of CBS from the broadcast. And the, the photo is me. People are jumping up and down and all excited. And there's a photo of me and I do not have that expression on my face. There was no joy in my face. Mm. And I realized that part of that was in that moment. I remember it so clearly. It's it so strange that they snapped the picture at that moment because I remember that moment so clearly. I was not happy. I was not elated. I was just relieved 
that my investors were going to get their money back. Mm. And I had a moment of, this is it. This is yeah. what this moment is going to feel like. Yeah. Huh. This is not what I expected. Yeah. This isn't like, yeah. this isn't necessarily true, true happiness. It's, it's not true happiness for me. Yeah. There were people there where they were, that was, it was like the pinnacle of all things for them. And they were so happy, or at least they seemed to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was really going on. We don't really know what's going on inside anybody else. But for me, I was like, oh, huh. Okay. <laughs> now what? Yeah. 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 Okay. I have a question for you <clears throat> because one of the things that I love about the story you just shared is that you have these multiple points at which you look at your life and you realize, oh, this is not the life that I want to be living. Somehow this is either not what I signed up for or like I, you know, I thought this would feel different than it does, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like so many of us have those moments and then bury them as quickly as possible, (laughs) right? Because in order, talk about vulnerability, in order to decide like, oh, what I actually need to do is leave my job or like, oh, I've now won this award that like could fast track me to just keep on keeping on. And I'm actually going to try to make a 180 and, you know, do all sorts of different types of creative work. So I feel like what I hear in your story is that you have these, you've had these moments in your life where you realize things are not going, you just have that moment of clarity, but I think all of us yeah, have. Yeah, I, I think it's less even than things aren't going the way that I wanted or thought they should as much as I'm growing and evolving as a mm. person walking this planet. And I want to evolve in a way that's organic and natural in alignment with mm. where I am and who I am right now. And so it's about, for me, listening to that instinct listening to that intuitive voice that is sometimes very quiet and sometimes a little nagging, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I try to always listen to that. And I think that, yes, people thought that I was absolutely insane both times, both times with those two major points, actually all three of those points. Yeah. People were like, but you're working, you're a working, you know, Broadway performer, what do you mean you're going to not dance anymore? You're only 26 years old. And I was like, but it's not right for me right now. Mm-hmm. And then again, when I left the theater, when I left the theater in, in, in Oklahoma, it was like, they were like, wait, what? You've got, you've built this big success. Like, what do you do? Yeah. You know what I mean? But I just felt like I need to continue to grow and evolve mm-hmm. as a artist, as a business person, as a spiritual being walking this planet. Mm-hmm. So how do you summon the courage to listen to it? Because I think it's one thing to hear that voice and recognize like, okay, like, cause I, I find, I find intuition super important. I mean, it's a big part of the work that I do. Mm-hmm. And I also find like being brave and taking risks, just like, you know, so compelling and maybe like maybe you know pull the curtain back a little bit right like the, there's a reason this story is speaking to me it's <laughs> like i have a corporate job and i read the akashic records you know you connect the dots <laughs> but um but yeah i guess like wh- there's there's the moment of hearing that intuitive hit and seeing it for what it is and then there's the other step of actually taking action on it and and honoring that message well what's that thing that i think oprah talks about a lot about you know I love me some Miso. We're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at first there's, there's, there's a brick, 
mm. where the, then the wall starts to cave and then the entire building collapses on you. I think that I very early on realized that, um, you know, I, I only wanted a brick. Mm -hmm. um, I think mm -hmm. also I had a lot of trauma in my childhood and I, um, we can get into this without going into detail, but I was, um, abused, um, mm -hmm. sexually and it had a profound, um, impact on me in terms of learning to trust my instinct and intuition and, and honoring the life that I wanted to live and that was was right and in alignment with me versus mm. um, hiding versus mm. um, not listening to my intuitive voice. So I think because I had so much trauma and, and then I, you know, there's more trauma beyond that, but there was this experience. Uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find the right word that shaped me. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's beautiful because you took that experience and you really put it to good use. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you turned, uh, Kylie and I have talked about this before, like you turned shit into gold, which is something right. that could be really terrible. You learned think, these beautiful lessons from them and applied them to your life. Yeah. I mean, I, every, I don't regret anything that happened to me, which sounds crazy. Oh, I don't regret being abused, but I don't because of the well of, the depth of what it had has offered me, and the perception um, shifts that I had to make, and the uh, because I was a victim for a long time, y'all. Mm -hmm. I wallowed in my victimhood, um, even at, and part of the part of the success that I had was I was so driven to prove people wrong, mm -hmm. right? And I wallowed in this victimhood for quite some time, and finally came to the other side of it, and I think that. Every step along the way, I, I was a greater human for that experience. That doesn't excuse the behavior. Yeah. It doesn't excuse anything that, that that person did to me. It doesn't excuse any of it. Mm -hmm. But what it does is offers me a way of looking at it and a perception that um, is, is of beauty. Yeah. yeah. Forgiveness, gratitude, and beauty. I think I have found too when you are honest with yourself about the shit that you really, really would prefer to like ignore or bury or not be honest with yourself about, but when you can speak your own truth to yourself, then it's like the dam breaks of being able to listen to your intuition because mm. your intuition has been screaming at you that whether you call it intuition or inner knowing, whatever, it's maybe been screaming at you about a lot of things for a long time, but you can't selectively numb right? So if you numb some of the like uglier things, uh, you also numb the messages that are like your highest blessing, you know, and divine guidance. And so when you get real about the scary, dark stuff, you also let so much light in. Yeah. I call it sitting with my dark friends, mm -hmm. right? Rather than trying to push it away, invite them to sit next to you. Yeah. Mm. No. Yeah. Inviting Mora in for tea. Isn't that something that they yeah. say? In India? <laughs> Same <laughs> yeah. idea. Yeah. 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 And that comes up all the time in this podcast because it's this dance that I think, I mean, I know I do. I know other people do. It's this dance of knowing that the solution is the welcoming and knowing that the solution is sitting with that. But of course, it, or not of course, but you know, there's going to be that initial like ah, resistance or the initial fear and 
my lessons so far is really just um, strengthening that muscle of sitting with the dark stuff more and more. And it gets, it actually does get, I don't know, I would say, dare I say it gets a little less scary. <laughs> it gets a little less scary. You get more comfortable in the uncomfortability. Yeah, totally. You build your tolerance. I mean, and, and so you, yeah. And speaking, I mean, like right now, everyone's so uncomfortable in this COVID time, right? Having to uh, sit with themselves. We're in this, this period where a lot of people are alone right now, right? Or they're surrounded by immediate family at all times, right? Mm -hmm. Which again, magnifies <clears throat> everything. Mm -hmm. Magnifies yeah. all your stuff, right? Um, because it's uncomfortable. It's a very uncomfortable place to be. And we don't like uncomfortability. We run as far away, like you were saying, as we possibly can to get out of the uncomfortable feeling. Well, what if you just sit? What if you just sit in it and not only sit in it, but welcome it? If you can mm -hmm. welcome it, if you can allow it to become a part of you and know that it's okay, not only is it okay, it's like a beautiful part of who you are. Sun, moon, masculine, <laughs> feminine, dark, light. It's, it's, it's a part of the totality of who we are. And when we can embrace the darkness in us and our light is when we really are in harmonious alignment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I found that to be true. And I have found also that the more I can do that for myself, the more I can also do that for other people. Cause I only reject in other people what I reject in myself. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have no compassion for that. Cause I'm just like, uh, I don't, I don't want that either. I'm projecting it out and I'm afraid they're going to like throw it right back at me or, or, you know, something, my brain will do these like somersaults about how, why that's uncomfortable. But it's such a beautiful process of like my self-compassion is self-compassion for everybody. And that is fucking beautiful because the truth is it sucks going around like being critical and judgmental. Like that doesn't feel good. Everyone knows that like there's a little thing that happens inside of you that feels gross when you're kind of judging other people. Yeah. So every time I'm, I get somebody who, you know, hates on a post or something on social media, like, you know, how that happens, the haters come out, particularly if you're like, advertising for something uh, you know I, I always am like thank you so much because you know here's the thing because here's the thing like they're hurting you don't you don't put that kind of thing out unless you're hurting unless it's yeah. triggered you in some way unless it's you know offered you a mirror to look at yourself and you, you just don't do it unless you're hurt so yeah. rather than approaching them with more anger or more hurt or yelling at them or getting into a argument or any any of that I just I just bless them with love because there's nothing else I can really offer them. I was yeah. cracking up because I saw the other day that you commented to someone who was being a troll. Thanks for the algorithm boost. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was like, thanks for the algorithm boost. I was, actually, I was like, that is the perfect response. That is hilarious. Well, you know yeah. why? Because there's not really a whole lot to come back to that. Because they, yeah. they actually come back. Yeah. <laughs> That is so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's on you. And again, yeah. it's like, well, thank you. I'm sorry you're not, I'm sorry that you're not yeah. happier. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not well, gonna you're not gonna come into my field like that. I noticed this even like, you know, in our our little quarantine the other day, I was kind of like judging my husband for being on his phone. And then I paused and I was like, hmm. Who are you really judging for being totally disassociating and distracting and avoiding their own anxiety? Hmm, maybe oh, it's not your husband. Totally. I feel like my partner, I feel so bad for Adam. He gets it all the time where I will get annoyed with him for 
like rela- relaxing and resting or like in my, in my, <laughs> I Capricorn. I I'm such a type A Capricorn. What I mean by that is like, he's so good at just like, gonna take a nap in the middle of the day or, you know, or I'll be like, uh, it triggers me some, somehow when he, and I feel like maybe he's not like quote unquote working hard enough. That has nothing to do with him. It's everything to do with me because I have all of these stories about hard work, running a business, like blah, blah, blah. I can't rest. And that poor man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a wonderful, it is a, such a wonderful mirror though. And it allows me also to do my work. So, And what a great gift he offers you. Yeah. Sure. Right. It's a great mm-hmm. gift that he offers you. Oh, he's 100% a teacher. You know, yeah. what I mean? when they say the people are your teachers, like he's yeah. teaching me a lot. Yeah. 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 Also, I feel like if you had a partner who was like, didn't have that innate <laughs> sense. Equally as like, oh my a. God, you would be so burnt out. <laughs> totally. Exactly. I think it's intended to be this way. Yeah. 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 When, when my partner, Michael and I first got together, he used to call me super yogi. Because I was like, on one hand, I was like this yogi. And on the other hand, I was so type A that I was like, super yogi. (laughs) (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you're doing now? And yeah, where this journey has brought you? Yeah. So now I work with solopreneurs, heart-centered entrepreneur uh, people to tell their stories, to help them, um, well, what would you say the course that I teach is hmm. like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Right. Cause so Kylie, yeah, yeah, you've taken the course. Yes. Okay, yes. Okay. So, okay. I'm going to tell the backstory of how I ended up taking this course, which is that, uh, I was like, I was praying. It's I guess the best word. And I was literally like, okay, I get this thing that I'm supposed to be building this business. I'm supposed to be doing this work and reading records and connecting with people, but I don't get it. Like I've done, I've been a salesperson my entire career, but I don't know how to sell myself. I am tired and I am frustrated. I like, I need help. And an hour later, this email pops in my inbox <laughs> uh, with this lovely warm energy that is like, we have, I'm, I'm launching a beta program. And would you like to, you know, like apply to be in our beta program? And I am such a procrastinator and perfectionist that normal me would be like, I have to wait for the right lighting to make this video. I have to write a script. I like literally hit record right then and there, send it off. And, uh, you know, it was like, like two weeks later, I get the email back from Nick. That's like wonderful. Like, you know, join our beta program. And, uh, I was on the commuter rail home from work. So also and, uh, talk about synchronicities too. Yeah. Right. Right. And I was on the commuter rail home from work. Uh, this is already, I'm like, imagine being in a crowded train because now we live in COVID-19. But at the time, this was a safe thing to do. And uh, I was like that hilarious person who's like silently freaking out because I'm like, holy shit, this is the thing that I asked for and it's here, it's happening. Anyway. Yeah, actually, so Kylie messaged me, Nick, just so you know, she like, while she was on the train, she sent me a message. She's like, oh my God, I just got this thing. She was like so excited and effervescent about it. So it's funny. And in part because I was like, this program's gonna be really cool. And then the other part was because I was like, I asked for a thing and then I got the thing. <laughs> um, so anyways, that's my own little, little backstory. Um, and uh, so my experience in taking Nick's course is that it was exactly what, exactly that. Like, how do you go from, how do you figure out what your story is in terms of like why it is that you want to do the work that you're trying to do? And then how do you, which I think that's the first starting point, right? Like what, is, why, why are you doing this? Yeah. What's your um, uh, and then how do you use those stories 
to connect with people and make the work that you're offering actually resonate with their heart so that they know you're the right coach for them or you're the right you know, reader for them or whatever the case may be, because as Nick so eloquently and frequently points out, like we live in stories, you know, that's been our way of communicating for many, many years. And, uh, forever. Yeah. <laughs> we have many, many years, so like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and personally, uh, it was like, it, you know, I was like silently toiling away and also being a total know-it-all who's like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And it was just like, just this lovely, uh, framework that is like heart-centered and practical, which are like my two favorite things. Uh, that has really made a huge difference for me as I try to figure out this whole social media business confusingness. <laughs> well, it was, it, it was really beautiful to watch your evolution. It really was. I remember the, the day that that, 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 first live was super successful. You were like, Oh my God. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yep, yeah. yep. This is awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah, I have a, a storytelling course. I have a uh, group coaching program, business group coaching program, as well as a monthly membership that's called Conscious Creative that's for the self-care of the artist and entrepreneur. And then I work one-on-one -on -one privately with uh, people. And it's interesting because of my creative background and my meets my business background, I have clients that are a bit all over the map. In the sense that for some people, I'm literally working with them to work to get their show on Broadway. For I, I may then I also like have a medium that I'm her business coach, and I have people that I work with really in terms of their spiritual growth in mentorship. Um, so it's kind of this interesting mismatch. What's the word? Uh, Not that word. Whatever. That word. That was good enough. Good enough. <laughs> mixture of people um and you know I, a while ago i had to sit down and be like what's the common thread mm -hmm. here and ultimately what i realized is that that it, that it was people that are spiritual it's people mm -hmm. that want to that, that express their spirituality that want um that are soulpreneurs ultimately that they're they, they have a soul aligned business they're um working from a place of from the heart, whatever that means to them. And, and they all show up differently and it looks differently. And when somebody says, who's your ideal customer? You know, who's that person? Um, for me, it's, it's somebody who's really willing to do the work. Uh, and I mean the internal work as well as the external work. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And oh, I will also so say, I think what was really interesting about the experience of working in your course is that because you brought together a whole bunch of people who are, as you say, solopreneurs, people who are building a business sort of where the, it's rooted in their heart, I think you you helped all of us. I mean, we had a whole conversation where you're like, yeah, the, the, the course is on one level about like figuring out, finding your own voice, right? Especially for those of us who are like more baby entrepreneurs <laughs> is yeah. like finding your own voice is something that I have this theory that you know, the, sometimes our own voice, our own perspective is hardest to find because it's our own perspective, right? Like, right. like someone on the outside probably could have been like, yeah, Nick, you work with spiritual business people, duh. But it took you, you had to sit down and consciously figure it out because it's so your own lens. Um, and so sometimes I think we need a little bit of outside framework to figure out what is it that you do differently and unique. And, and framework, not being told, right? Like, 
here's the thing the, my course is not a template course it's not like you're going to get a bunch of templates because for me i feel it needs to happen organically i'm going to give you the framework and the steps and you're going to fill it all in in a way that is really real and authentic and honest to you rather than a script that you put like your name in and your mm -hmm. whatever you're selling it does that yeah. make sense yeah. because I, I feel very strongly that people have to tell their story from their heart not from not from a script mm -hmm. that yeah. you didn't write yes from the script that you wrote but from but not from a script that somebody else wrote not it's yeah. not plug and play if you really want to capture people in an authentic um, connected way so yeah. yeah so it's interesting with this course um it's my well, fourth or fifth course right and in this particular course what's super interesting about it is that yes the baby entrepreneurs got one thing out of the course and the multi six-figure business owners got something different out of the course and yet they all all had some sort of transformation so i'm like oh it works you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i just also find this cross-section of working with entrepreneurs and well and creative types but also I, I watched your Instagram where you said creative people are entrepreneurs and, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So I can see that, but it also, I don't know. I just think, yeah, it's a wonderful mixture because some people really specialize like niche in one thing or the other. Well, it's interesting because creative artists don't think of themselves as entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs don't think of themselves as creative artists and they're actually all the same. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, can because you talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah, they're all person. You're all, everyone's a personal brand right? At the end of the day, if you're a creative artist or a personal brand, or if you're an entrepreneur, at least in the solopreneur sense, you are a, a, you, you are a personal brand. And as creatives, we have to handle the business. You can be creative all you want. Exactly. I think this is, yes, because I've heard, I have so many friends who are like musicians and artists, but they don't, they want don't, to do the want they to don't do the self business. identify as business right yeah. they don't think of themselves as a business person and it's like that that's the dark side right yeah for them mm -hmm. speaking of the light and the dark and they're pushing away their, their that dark for them yeah but they don't want to look at that mm -hmm. when the reality is if they would just embrace it that's when that marriage of success happens is for when, when people are business as well as creative. Right, and they need to not think of business as a bad thing though. Cause I think sometimes no. people think, oh, business is selling out. Business is like where yeah. I focus on the money and I don't want yeah. to do, so there's there's all these stories there there's too. There's story, that's yeah. because, stories, that's stories in the head. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just got really excited because I think if more and more people who are like heart-centered, soulful, compassionate people <clears throat> who, who care about social justice issues show up and decide that they also get to make money then all the people who are terrible who have all the money get less of it right like yeah by conceding that money is awful and therefore like if you want to have money you are awful that means that we keep letting the power concentrate yes, preach sister crappy well, people it's perpetuating it's a, a cycle or a system that's already not working yeah. it's kind of broken yeah. Yeah. so be someone who is like loving and compassionate and wants to make the world a better place and make a bunch of money and then give that money to organizations that will make a better place instead of like, I don't know, taking advantage like everybody, like some <clears throat> terrible corporations are right now. There is a, there is a, a saying on my bulletin board. That's why I just looked over there. There's a saying on my bulletin board and it says when good spiritual people get money, they do good spiritual things. Mm. Right. Yeah. Because I think especially I had a lot and a, and a lot of artists have this uh, scarcity mindset. 
right? This fear around money, because for years and years and years and years and years, and this is why we think we're not good at business. We were told we were never going to make any money. Mm-hmm. Go get a real job, right? So consequently, there's this creative part of us that believes that, it, that, that we're not actually artists if we make money, mm-hmm. right? Because there's this, for so many years, this narrative has been pushed into the creative community. And then for entrepreneurs, they, they think, well, I understand business. I understand the, the tactical things, but the creative part, I'm just not that creative. I'm not a very creative person. This was told to me by somebody uh, at a business uh, event that I went to. And I looked at her and I said, on a daily basis, aren't you writing a blog? Aren't you going Facebook Live? Aren't you? I was like, that is all creative. Everything mm-hmm. that you do is creative. In fact, here, I'll take it even a step further that it's not even about that. How you live your life is a creative adventure. How you bake your cookies, how you, how you show up to make your bed and the way in which you decide to do it or not to do it. How, how you fold your laundry can be a creative adventure. It's all about the perception that you take. I love this. I'm writing it this I'm writing down this as a note. This is gonna go on my wall somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think people have this idea of creativity has to be like, you know, visual, maybe musical. It has to be like an art, something that has that would might show up in a museum. I, I even see myself like I by default I could fall into that very easily. But I agree that just like you said, everything could be spiritual, everything is also creative because you're creating every second of your life through the choices you make and creativity is spirituality. Mm, yes. The word creative comes is the derivative of creation. What is creation? That is life. That is the spark of life. So the spark of your life is by the creator, the great creator, who is the great creative. Mm, wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I went through your Instagram and I was going to ask you to speak on that, but I think you pretty much just nailed it on the head right there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did you Insta stalk me? I love oh, of it. course, of course. <laughs> Great research, yeah. right? Yeah, had to research. Do, yeah, I had to do my homework. Yeah, I love it. Um, I have a question for you, Nick. Um, so, you know, you mentioned earlier the people who work with you um, are people who are willing to sort of de- do the deep inner work as well as the like practical work of like, you know, building a business. And I'm curious from your own experience, what sort of soul, you know, that like inner work have you done that had the biggest lift to your business? Wow. <clears throat> there have been two major things for me. One is really having that practice daily, daily practice. I'm going to get <laughs> I hear you. I hear you <laughs> loud and clear. And I'm which, thankful for it. Which I, yeah, which I've now had for, um, you know, over a decade. And it really shifted my perceptions and the way in which I went about business uh, and really helped me fine tune the intuition because my business is for the most part led by intuition. I work my tail off at the same time, but I try to get out of the headspace of what is everyone doing or what is everyone thinking or what is the trend or what is the... Um, what is truthful to me and how I can attract my vibe and tribe through that, through that, which is exactly why it's perfect that the email that was sent to you was perfectly right for you. And there were, you know, 30 some people that I said no to, 
right? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't think that they were right, but I knew that instinctively trusted that you were right for my program. So a lot of it has been about fine tuning the intuition. And then the big thing for me has been moving through the scarcity mindset that we were just discussing as uh, because of the creative background. I had a creative meet spiritual background. That's like, you know, boom, boom, too, <laughs> too, too, too big, like, oh, we don't make any money. We don't believe in money. Like we're bad people if we make money, you know? Yeah. What and I have had to work. Uh, to work through that. And it, that's still an ever-evolving process for me of allowing, of, again, of surrendering and allowing. I have been the type of person who's, been, who's made money. I've always made money, always, mm -hmm. since mm -hmm. I was a kid. Never had not ha ha had money. And very fortunate, incredibly fortunate. And I'm so grateful for that. But then there's always been this cap, right? At mm -hmm. what I'm almost like what I will allow myself to step into. And mm -hmm. so now I'm at this place of like really busting through that to step into a bigger space so that I can impact more people so that I can get in on bigger platforms so that I can speak truth so that I can inspire so that I can help people. Yeah. Right. So I can serve and, and I should be rewarded for that. Like th that's the part that we always forget. Mm -hmm. Right. We always like, Oh yes, I'm going to be in service. Yes. Uh, we also should be rewarded. We also should be given the, the, the it's abundant. Yeah. Like there's an abundant amount of money out there. We just decide that there's not, mm. or we decide who it should or should not go to. But when we, like you were saying, step into it as a community, as heart-centered people and embrace it, I actually think that we're right on the cusp of this. I really, really do, y'all. I feel like these old narratives are falling away just like everything else is shifting because mm -hmm. we're at a place where we have to move into this new paradigm and we are gonna be the leaders of that new paradigm. Why do you think everyone right now is coming to us? So actually, let me ask you a question because I guarantee right now there's someone sitting at home who, you know, is an hourly worker who isn't making an income right now or is mm -hmm. afraid to get laid off or right like there's a lot of people who are very like in, you know real scared right now practical yeah. and scared and i get yeah. that i get that and and so i can guarantee there's some people right now who are like oh well i like this guy until now Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> so so can you speak to this notion around abundance and well i'm going to speak to you i'm going to speak to the law to the law first of expansion and contraction right that for every inhalation we expand and on every exhalation we contract and right now we're in this period of contraction we're in an exhalation so that that we can then rebuild and expand the universe to a new a new perspective a new paradigm a new way of being right? So yes, there are, we all go through times that are tougher than others. And, and yet, if you can hold on to your worthiness within it, who you are within it, because I've had times when I didn't have any money too. You know, I've always been able to work. I've always been able to make money, but I've had more money and less money because it's mm -hmm. always perception, right? The interesting thing is no matter how much money you make, you still go through these same things. You see the richest of the rich panic right. about money too, right? Because it's energy. It's actually not money. So if you can remove the word money from it and shift it to something else, it's energy. Now that's you know, not particularly practical, right? But on the, the practical side of me is like, start your own business now. 
Mm. Right now, you've got the time. If you're unemployed or if you're underemployed or it, apply for those assistant programs that, that, that were, were approved the other day, go out and get that and use this time so wisely because there's a huge opportunity here for you to create your own shit in the world. Because the only control that you really have, and this is why I've always been a creator, is by making it yourself. You have no control, but it's an illusion control that feels better. <laughs> but, I, but I think also though what you're getting at is that it's, uh, it's like intention, it's, well, earlier we were talking about intuition and then taking action on the intuition, right? You have moments of inspiration mm -hmm. and then you have to take action on yeah. them. So I do think, like actually I was talking to someone very important to me early today and I was talking about growing my, my, my own business and they, were, they basically said like, this is a terrible time. This is a terrible time to grow a business, right? And I was like, I go, I, 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 like, I don't, I don't even want to, I don't even want to hear it because it doesn't, it, it may well be logically, but also like, I know in my heart, like I have, I have, I have work to do. And if not now, when, mm -hmm. so I might as well show up now and like, cause why the hell not? And that's that person's idea of what's going on there. Again, perception, we're back to that word. It keeps coming up because there's an exception to every rule. I can yeah. tell you right now, my business is growing in this time which sounds crazy to people. They're mm -hmm. like, wait, your business is growing? And I was like, mm -hmm. it sure is. I, I, I'm thriving right now. And a part of that, again, I think it comes back to that paradigm shift that we're in, right? right? That people are, A, they're, they're panicked and worried and they need some of the services that I have. That's just a given. Like, you know, a part of business is, you know, what, what are you filling? What hole are you filling? What's the need and how do you fill it, right? Mm -hmm. But part of it is I really believe is that people are attracted to more heart-centeredness right now. And I feel like that's gonna keep going. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm hopeful for that, that's for sure. Oh yeah, I hope so. That's my hope. I've been really thinking about that recently. I hope that this can, I think the great hope of many people that I keep you know, seeing about, seeing, reading about is that this will change, really change some things. I don't really have more of a point to that. I guess it's like, we don't know until- We don't know. We don't know until it's all quote unquote over and we'll have to see, but- yeah. There's no normal. We're not going back to an old normal. Yeah. yeah. This is gonna change us as, it already a, has. as a world. It already has, right. Yeah. And yeah. so there is no normal to go back to. It's a, it's a there'll be a new way of be, being. When we, can no we can, when we no longer have to be physically distant from each other, the way in which we relate to each other is going to be different. And I am hopeful it's going to be for the better. But can you speak more about what do you mean by you think it'll be different? Because my cynical brain, for, but to be clear, I think I agree with you because I'm actually quite idealistic. But to play the devil's advocate, I think there's a cynical argument that could say, well, you know, we're so adaptable, meaning we yeah. can adapt to change, but also when things go back to, mm -hmm. when there's no more social distancing, we can go back to ordering things online. Like what's to say we're not gonna go back to that? And we might, and we, and we, 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 we might, and well, we will go back to ordering things online. We well, will yeah, go back to Well, yeah, but you know, just like all life. of the, you know, all but, just going back to the norm. But think about, think about after 9-11. How, are you, how, you guys are kind of young. So oh, maybe, no, I'm not that not, young. We're not that young, <laughs> that's very sweet. <laughs> But before 9-11 and after 9-11, there was a shift, right? In the way in which we saw the world, the way mm. in which we viewed the world. And I think that we're going to have another shift again. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I can 
tell you that we won't we won't see the world in the same way. I think um, this is reminding me of becoming a mother because I, I always get really mad when people talk about like uh, new moms being like, get your body back, get back to normal because there's there that's not that doesn't exist anymore. There's a new normal, and like we should strive to finding the balance and the like place where you feel whole in this new space in which you right. are that that old self she doesn't exist anymore right and i think and, so that speaks to creation too this idea of going mm, with new and creating what's new instead of trying to replicate the old which is going to be outdated yeah and i feel like to like and so i think this has already changed us however long it lasts like it will change us and we'll come out on the other side and the truth is to extend the motherhood me metaphor, you know, maybe we'll come out the other side of this probably with a very soft stomach and some stretch marks, but also maybe with a really expanded heart. And then the opportunity is what do we do with those new pieces and how do we choose to move forward individually and collectively? But there is definitely no normal to return to after this. Mm, yeah. We have to create a new normal. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. I, I hope. I yeah. hope. And I, think I mean, what we create. What I feel like what you're saying is, what we, we what we create might still be shitty. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, like, or 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 if if our if if nothing in life, as I was saying, actually happens to us, it's our reaction to it. Right. Mm -hmm. Everything happens to us. Nothing happens to us. It's just a reaction. Then we can all create the reality together that it's not shitty. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So and now again, all of you loving heart centered people go make money. So the Donald Trumps of the world aren't the ones in charge anymore. Come <laughs> on, get to it. <laughs> yes. It's such a good reminder. Okay. Now I have another, although, I wanna... although I will say this, the interesting thing to me about Donald Trump is what he has evoked in others. And mm. there he's evoked a fierceness and in others, he, he has, he has awakened us mm. to a lot of dormancy a lot of thinking that we were somewhere that we weren't. Mm -hmm. And I, you never know why somebody's going to come into your life, why somebody's going to be the leader, why whatever, until sometimes way after. Yeah. But I really think that there are gifts in Donald Trump, and I know that sounds really woo-woo, speaking of woo-woo, <laughs> but there are lessons. I guess not get, gift is maybe tough little strong of a word for the man, but I will say <laughs> there are, there are lessons there for us. And there, I mean, I, I, there's been some beautiful things to see and witness throughout this. This white lady who literally has a master's degree in women's studies and like thought she was woke was totally in denial the extent to which racism is alive and well in America until Donald Trump. Right. Like I really had to step up and own my own privilege. And I still have a long way to go with that. But it it brought a truth right in front of my eyes that I had been sort of, you know, yeah. I showed up to protest marches like I'm good and I'm I'm not. I need to be more responsible, you know, mm -hmm. so I think that's one of the things for me. That's that's a little bit of what I was referring to for myself. Yeah. So yeah. did this, you know, middle aged white gay man realize that realize my the privilege uh, uh, on a deeper, deeper level than I ever understood before. Yeah. So there's gifts there. Yeah. yeah. 
<sighs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. Be- <laughs> we went we- down a rabbit hole. <laughs> this is how it goes though. This is how it goes. I love when it. When we're in the flow. All right, I do have one question that I do really want to ask you. Okay. When we can, then we can move towards giving sure. you your uh, evening back, but okay. So I know very recently you were on a big international trip as COVID-19 was sort of rolling across the globe. And so I think that you have a really interesting perspective. Um, and then you came back to California straight to lockdown. <laughs> um, so it, could you just speak to that experience a little bit? Well, it was very odd for us because we were in Malaysia and it was before it had hit there. And we left before it hit here, mm. right? So we left and it hit and we're watching it on CNN, right? And in the hotel and we're like, whoa. And then we were like, everything is completely normal here. Yes, there was the tourism in Bali was down, but every restaurant was open, everything was normal. It seemed completely normal. Mm -hmm. And it was a very, it was very strange because in some ways it felt like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not there with my tribe, with my people, right? Experiencing what they're experiencing. And then part of me had this like gratitude that we were going to, that we were given the gift of an extra week uh, to enjoy life in this sort of freedom. Uh, and because we were having an amazing time, I'm in Bali, right? Like I'm in the jungle and I'm, I'm, I'm at the beach and- Yeah, there's coconut water, fresh coconuts. Yeah. Totally, <laughs> like it was just this, and, and I was at a wedding in Malaysia. And so, and I was experiencing new cultures and new food and like, you know, really having this complete joyous time. And then we got on the plane to come back, um, which by the way, the interesting thing over there is they were, while they were not, we were not on lockdown, in order to go to a bar, I had to have my temperature taken like to go to some restaurants, they were mm-hmm. taking our temperature. So they were, they had already been through this. Right, with SARS. Before, with SARS, mm-hmm. right. So they had more and more, more in place, right. And got on the plane, came back and we were on lockdown, right. And then four days later, they closed uh, the borders of Bali. And mm-hmm. Malaysia is now wow. in, and Malaysia is now in military lockdown. Wow. So we were very fortunate to get out, to get out. I mean, part of us was like, let's just stay here. We had this moment of like, do we bother going home? Like maybe we should just stay in Bali if we're going to be on lockdown, you know? And then we were like, well, that's not particularly practical, but um, yeah. And I'm glad we did obviously because everything got shut down and then to come back and be thrown in it. And everyone was already a week ahead. Everyone was a week ahead of me in terms like in, in, in terms of the emotional Mm, processing yeah processing I had I had to play I had to play it fast I had to like okay let's make the- and of course I'm a doer so I went into doing action the day I got back even though I was beyond jet lagged beyond coming back to this side of the world the jet lag jet lag is fierce y'all mm-hmm. it is fierce <laughs> yeah. Eva was- is well aware <laughs> yeah my family's in Asia so I do this a oh. couple times a year and it's always I like, get it's, it's like I get delusional that first day or two because I'm just like my world is just flipped upside down because it literally is flipped upside down. You're on the other side of the world, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm back and I'm, uh, and I, but I'm a doer. So I got into action and, you know, I organized a, a donation-based meditation for the very next day. And so I had to keep my eyes open. Was the do day it. after? <laughs> wow. How do you, yeah. How do you not fall asleep through that? Through, oh my God. That's kind of Yeah. Impressive. But I, I was like, I'm, I'm going to make, well, I did a lot of pranayama. I did mm-hmm. a lot of breath work. 
to make it happen, right? And um, and then the you know and then of course the process came in, and then I was like, okay, then then I had the wave of, oh, and then taking on a lot, right? Taking on, and for for me, not a whole lot has changed in my life. That's very strange to say, but because I have an online business, as you all know, not that much has actually shifted other than I'm not allowed to go to the gym and I'm not allowed to see my friends. Um, but I see my friends on Zoom. So more of my life is spent online uh, and I can't go to the gym, but I'm working out at home and, and, and practicing yoga at home. So yeah, I was, I said the same thing to Kylie too, because I also, you know, run my business online. So mm -hmm. a lot of it is business as usual, in a, but it's also kind of surreal. Yes. Yeah. It's not, it's not as usual. It's yeah. business in a <laughs> similar, but totally different kind of way. Exactly. It's, that's why it's surreal. Because it's still, you're like the day to day, I'm still online with my clients. I'm still at home, but and it feels different. It feels different. And I've also had to, had to process a little bit of feeling some guilt about A, not being there when it started, and then B, that, you know, since the, since it's happened, my business is actually increasing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, people are losing their jobs everywhere and, and you know, they don't have any money and they're scared. And, and here I am in this space of abundance. And I'm like, okay, no guilt, no guilt. This is not about guilt, right? It's not about that. But I have had to, I've been wrestling with, with that a bit. And that goes back to my own, Again, about the scarcity mindset piece. Right. Doesn't say because whatever's coming up is the stuff that we need to work through. That's all. It's totally. just it's just another opportunity to work through this story. Absolutely. And that's what I keep telling my clients. I'm like, this is a micro, this is a this is just a magnifying glass for us or a microscope, either way, to look at our stuff because it's gonna come up and it's gonna rage right now because of the container that's being right. put in. Right. Oh, you were oh, oh, I was going to say, I think it's such a wonderful example of like going back to the beginning where we said sitting with our shit. So instead of being like, don't feel guilty, don't feel guilty. It's not that you're saying, it's not that you don't feel the guilt. Instead, you get curious yeah. and you say, mm. okay, I do feel really guilty. Like, yes. what does that feel like? And then let me, he, you know, work with it so that it can dissolve. Yeah. It, yes. yes, it yes. can teach me. Yeah. Yes, yeah. totally. Yeah. 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 Again, let it come, invite it to sit beside you. Ah, the guilt. Oh, hey, guilt, you're here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's hang out and mm -hmm. let's hang out. Let's see what happens. Yeah. I had this um, little moment of inspiration today. Um, I've been spending a lot of time outside because it's the thing that's keeping me sane. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, yesterday and today it's been raining and I took my son gardening, which is just that we dig in the dirt, um, uh, in the rain for an hour, both days. Cause I was like, this is how mom's staying sane. So anyways, I was gardening in the rain and, uh, and I just, realized how this this notion of scarcity is so heightened right now because another way to say scarcity is like scarcity mindset is like survival mindset mm -hmm. and right now literally all of us are in survival mindset because our survival be it our physical health or our econo economic situation which is another way of safety um are threatened and so any any stuff you have around survival and scarcity is like showing up to the party right now. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's guilt. Maybe that is pure terror. Maybe it's a combination of the two, right? Like maybe you have abundance and you're terrified that it's going to get taken away from you at any second. Like whatever it is, I just think it's worth noting that like, and also we talked about trauma earlier, like, trauma on one level is an experience in which you felt profoundly unsafe 
And Mm -hmm. all of us feel on some level really unsafe right now. And so like every, (laughs) you know, everything around scarcity, survival, trauma, like just all of the, the, the shit is coming out right now. And I just want to underline like that we all have to be really gentle with ourselves because everything I mean, it's literally like, like when my toddler's supposed to nap now, he doesn't nap. He's not a toddler, he's a preschooler. When he, when he's supposed to nap, he uh, actually just takes everything out of every corner of his room and dumps it in the middle of the floor. <laughs> and then climbs up onto his chair and jumps off the chair into the pile of like oh everything. Um, so that is our life, right? Like that is the inside of our brain right now, right? Everything has just gotten dumped into the middle of the room because our safety is threatened. And when our safety is threatened, we shut down, you know, a lot of things, we start building up walls and all sorts of triggers start going off. And so, you know, uh, do as I say, not as I'm doing, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think be gentle with ourselves and just recognize, like Eva, you said, like, it's all an opportunity uh, to at least get curious about the stuff that is getting triggered, the stuff that's in the middle of your floor. And I love that um, you're going outside because there isn't a more abundant place, Mm. right? Yeah, yes. And when in doubt, connect with the breath. That's Mm. that's really, because we get 21,600 breaths per day each, right, on average. There's nothing more abundant than that. There's nothing. It's the only thing that you absolutely have to have in order to live. You can go for quite some time without food. You can even go without water. The one thing that you can't go without is breath. So it when in doubt, if, if it's fear that's coming up, take a deep breath. Well, so what is so, I, I was thinking that exact thing today because I'm also very into meditation. And so I know like, this idea of connecting with the breath is something that's very sacred to me. But what's not amiss to me is this, the, what's sort of being pointed out about the value of the breath right now, because I think that's the very thing that's being taken away from people who are affected by coronavirus. It's like they can't breathe. And I was outside today and I was like, the first thing that I did was like, I took a deep breath because I was just like, oh my God, let me get out of my apartment, smell this like fresh air. And then I went for a run and I was like, just, I could feel the endorphins pumping through my body because I was breathing. And I was like, I feel like my breath is everything. It's like literally everything. And it's not just this small thing. It's like this very, very big thing. And I just felt such deep, profound gratitude for that today. Cause I was like, it literally is everything. And also this is why it's so like, you know, this crisis that's kind of happening, this disease is like just making me appreciate that even more that it's like people talk about taking, we take the little things for granted kind of. And it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know exactly what my feeling is, but it's like I don't need all these big things. Like this, this breath is, is kind of it. You know, when you the first question you asked is, you know, what is spirituality? And if I had to put it in one word, I would say breath, mm. because it is your life force. It is all that you have, and it's all that you're really made of. And what if we could live lives where we were just connected to that? You know, like. That was what what motivated us instead of this idea of like these other material things that I think, you know, we're conditioned to, I think, value more. 
and there's nothing wrong with material things. Yeah, no, right? no, 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 no. But I do it's think it's not the, about the, demonizing. Right, them. but the value but, system I think is different. I think sometimes. Oh we, yeah, like, absolutely. Where's your value? Right. You, know, so, you yeah. can have it, it's it's not that it's not having nice things. Do you value what you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I am mindful of time, and I think that we could talk like forever. <laughs> yeah, we really could. I, if we don't, if I don't like, someone doesn't put the gate down, I'm just yeah. going to keep going. So. <laughs> so we always have our final question, which I will get to, which I will ask you. But before that, can I actually ask Nick, if you could share, you know, I know that you've been a practitioner and a teacher of breathwork for a really long time. And so for our listeners who may be dealing with their own roller coaster of emotions, mm-hmm. is there a like breathwork exercise uh, or practice that you could share with our listeners that might be something they could add to their tool chest. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a powerful breath. It's even called the powerful breath, uh, which is a simple breathing technique of really breathing as deep into your belly as you can, into your belly, into your ribs, all the way up to the crown of your head. And you breathe in, you're going to inhale. And then you're gonna exhale everything out through the nostrils only, inhaling and exhaling through the nostrils. But you're gonna do that and you're gonna inhale for three counts. So let's just do it together. Let's just do it. Why don't we, yes. we, why don't we talk and do it? Here I love we go. any opportunity to breathe. <laughs> okay, sitting up nice and tall, elongating the spine. And first just begin by noticing the breath. Noticing its quality and shape. Maybe it's uh, a little shallow, maybe You've been rushed today or worried, but without any judgment, just notice where it's at first. And then begin to elongate the breath. Letting the sensation of the breath fill the nostril, come down the throat and into the lungs. And noticing as it reverses course out the body. So we're gonna breathe in and out through the nostrils, like I said. However, before we begin, let's breathe in together, filling the belly, the ribs, as far as you can, up to the clavicle, and then open the mouth and exhale out a sigh. It's a nice release. And then close the breath, and we're gonna start the powerful threes. We're gonna inhale for three counts. Here we go, inhale, one, two, expand the body, three, and then pause and hold the breath. One, two, three. Now soften, letting the breath out of the body through the nostril. Exhale, three, two. Let the navel come towards the spine. One, going again, breathing in. Inhale, one. Expand the chest, two. Collarbones, three. Now pause and hold the breath here for three counts. One, two, three. Now soften everything. Exhale out the nostrils, three, two, soften more, one. Breathing in again, inhaling, one. Pause and hold. Soften, exhale. And then release the conscious awareness of the breath. Relengthen your spine and draw your attention between your eyebrows at the Ajna Chakra. Just observe, noticing any sensations, feelings, thoughts, emotions, colors, 
And again, taking out judgment. There's no right or wrong. There's no perfect. It's just what is coming. And if the mind wanders off as it's trained to do, simply notice it. Ah, I'm thinking. Ah, the laundry. Whatever it is that comes up. And draw the attention back between the eyebrows for more observation. And then when you're ready, but taking all the time that feels right to you, open your eyes and come back into the space. So, so that's the powerful three. You inhale for three, you pause for three, and you exhale for three. And you do that three times, and you would do three rounds, so three threes. And you sit in between each time in observation, just noticing what comes up for you. Uh, it's a calming practice, obviously. We're all super chill now. Um, and it's also, it also brings great clarity. So in times of trauma, in times of stress, it will not only calm the nervous system, but it also provides this opening, a gateway to uh, the divine or the great creator that is within you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I do feel- We're all just gonna float away. <laughs> I do feel more, more relaxed. Isn't that amazing how just breath can do that? Yeah, it's kind of cool. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, I call it getting yoga high. I don't need to get high, just get yoga high. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, we'll go around and ask the last question of the evening. Um, Nick, what's something that's bringing you joy right now in the present moment? You know, that breath just did. Speaking of the present moment, like yeah. just being in the now with sitting with the breath brings me great joy. And it really did being with you too and uh, sharing that experience. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we also throw that, so I'm throw that question to you, Kylie. What's something that's bringing you joy right now? Um, I think I mentioned it earlier, going outside, man. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I, I, <laughs> I took my kids uh, for three walks today. It's like rainy and damp. <laughs> And I'm like, bundle up, kids. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my son is, like, digging through the, like, dirt. I have to bring extra gloves because the first pair gets, like, soaked and muddy. And um, I have this little patch of what was a garden. I've lived in my home for three and a half years. And the former homeowners, um, uh, there was a beautiful gardener here. And so now it's just kind of this overgrown thing. And every year I'm like, I'm going to do something that and uh so i've been doing something which at this point is mostly like kind of digging a lot of stuff up but just connecting to the earth that like really tactile like in my body i'm stepping on the shovel i'm like shaking out the loose dirt i'm raking up leaves like it feels really really beautiful and i'm really grateful to see my kids like you know getting dirty my daughter enjoying the fresh air and like being able to get out of my own uh kind of spinning head and just into my body it's been awesome yeah can i add one more yeah oh, of course yeah watching general hospital okay <laughs> thank you <laughs> leave it there yes yes thank yeah, you <laughs> all the things that are helping us just feel i mean it just now. honestly it's my I get a, I'm a 
think about anything that's going on and then just like do it. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah. That answers so much. Spiritual <laughs> yeah. breathing and general yeah, and keep, it's keeping Perfect. it real, you know, keeping Perfect. it real. <laughs> All right, Eva, how about you? Um, okay, so for anyone who's following me on Instagram, you've heard me gush about this book already, but I'm listening to Glennon Doyle's new book, Untamed, and it is, it's the hot shit, y'all. <laughs> I'll just call, I'll call it that. Um, I have re recommended it to all of my clients and I've told them already, like, if this could be required reading for a client of mine, this book would, would be it. It's very much about, um, for anyone who needs, like, I want to share this right now, because if you're in quarantine, you want something that's inspirational, but warm and also funny and sarcastic. Like this book is all, is all that it's all really about looking at our conditioning and the patriarchy and undoing all of that and just learning to be free, 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 which is all I ever want for myself and for other people. And I think just her personal experiences of talking about that inspire you, inspire me, mm. I think to also be more, to check my shit and be more free. And, um, she says so many things in that book that I have wanted to say. She gives life and form to so many of the thoughts that I've had before. So I'm just really grateful for that. So anyone looking for a new book, I highly recommend it. Awesome. Yeah. Also, Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach are so hilarious on Instagram. I so know, they're so cute. And they, they're like the cutest about, couple in the world. She talks about how they like, how they met and it came through her knowing and she talks about meditation and I'm just like, oh, yes, yes, girl. I'm, so yes, as you can tell, I'm a, I'm a fan. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, so Nick, where can the people find you on so, all the things? On all the things, uh, thenickdemas.com and thenickdemas on Instagram and Facebook. That's the right. best. Those are the best places to find me. Great. Yeah. yeah anything in particular Instagram. that you want to like, you know, you do so many different things as we we're talking about. Is there anything in particular that you want to send our listeners, uh, you know? Aside from just following you, but is there some 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 call to action, as they say? Uh, some some CTA, <laughs> some call yes. to action. So I'm actually um, having a uh, workshop that begins. The student has become the teacher. Yes, <laughs> I was gonna say. Uh, I I think I gave that to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I am starting tomorrow. I have a live uh, three day workshop that is at no cost. It's a free workshop about creating stories that um will connect with your audience so uh it's gonna be a fun time <laughs> you know it is <laughs> yeah i didn't even get to yeah. ask you about this but i can already think that like that's something that i think would be valuable for me so essentially anyone trying to sell anything of course you want to be able to tell your story right anybody that wants to sell anything in, in this world this is a workshop that you would find value in that would offer you um and yes Spoiler alert, there'll be an opportunity to continue to work with me at the end of it. Which you should um, totally do. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, you might hear a testimonial yeah. <laughs> from somebody that we know. <laughs> no, but that's so great, right? Because it's about learning how to sell something in a way that doesn't have to feel skeezy. It's about just being yeah. authentic with our own journey. That's really, you know, that's really what's the impetus for my course and for this workshop for that matter is that I didn't want to feel like a used car salesman. I didn't yeah. want to feel icky. I didn't want to feel gross. And yeah. I needed a way that worked for me. And so I did. And now I share that with others. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Awesome.
Thank you. Thank you. All right. This was such a pleasure, such a delight. Um, please feel free to come back anytime. Maybe when you write the, write a book, whatever it is that you do next. <laughs> I actually am writing a book. That's hysterical. You, you, know, you know. Not not a surprise at all. We would love to have you back. This is such a fun conversation. Yeah. Thank, yeah. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you for thank having you. me. Y'all are wonderful. Y'all are wonderful. <laughs> thank you. All right. All right, folks. So you can find me, Eva, on the gram at Bad Bitch Living and also at my website at evaliao.com. Um, and you can find the podcast on Instagram at Hello Universe Pod. And also our website is hellouniversepod.com. And then I am at Akasha Grace or akashagrace.org. And if you have enjoyed this, please go rate and review the show. It makes a big difference. And even better, if there's someone that you think of that you know, would love all the wisdom that Nick had to share today. Please send us, share this episode with them. Thank you. All right. Thanks y'all. Bye.